um, let's start the introduction. Okay, John? Go ahead. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hadit podcast here on this morning. Uh, the 19th day of March, uh, 2014. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and our technician, Stretch. And today, our guest speaker is Mr. Paul Sullivan. Now, if anyone has his thoughts on the VA, it's Mr. Paul Sullivan. How are you doing today, Paul? I am doing fantastic, Gerald. I really am. I just dug out of the snow here in Washington, and uh, I'm just glad to be able to make it into the office. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad glad you made it. Uh, It's always a pleasure to have you on here to add it. You always have a wealth of information for the members, and uh, we like to get it out of you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like the way you say that. Is this the, the interview from Guantanamo Bay Live? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yes, there's a lot going on in the VA, and that affects veterans, as you well know. So I wonder if you've got any new updates for us or, or new ideas coming along. Or is well, I got I got three over? hot things. To talk okay. about first is uh, the president uh, and Secretary um, Shinseki issued a hundred and sixty-four billion dollar VA budget. We can talk about that. We can also talk about how VA, uh, under orders from Congress, came up with plan, and I use the word plan loosely, on how to do deal with the record nearly three. 100,000 appeals that are choking VA. And then the third thing we can talk about today is um, there's hope for Gulf War veterans on the horizon. There's a new bill that was introduced um, last week that will help out veterans of the Gulf War who are trying to get health care and benefits due to toxic exposures and illnesses from uh, Desert Storm 23 years ago. So ask me about any one of those three things, and uh, more than happy to answer anybody's calls coming in, and uh, let's go. Oh, yes. If you're a caller out there, please call in. Uh, Our call-in number here is 347-237. Four eight one nine. Now our call in number once again is three four seven two three seven four eight one nine. And uh, uh, we certainly welcome your questions or comments. And and uh, we uh, appreciate getting them. Kind of keeps us on our toes here. So, uh, Paul, you know. One thing that's bugged me ever since this Gulf War, uh, not to put it first or any different, but I, everybody, all of us, you know, in the veterans community realize these poor service personnel coming back uh, from the Gulf War were going to have a, a extremely difficult task trying to get care 
and trying to get recognized that uh, there's something happened to them. Now, uh, well, the something happened to them part is really easy, and everybody admits that it happened. Let me just bring everybody up to date. In 1991, the the mantra. The word from DOD was the Gulf War was quick, four days. It was easy. It was cheap. And there were hardly any casualties, only 300,000 dead. And, you know, then there was a parade, and somehow it was all over, and you wipe your hands, and you're done. Well, the facts are much, much worse than the spin. First, the Gulf War is still going on. We still have troops in Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq fighting 23 years later. Well, it certainly wasn't easy. You and I know it's been a tough slog for 23 years. The cost, the, the cost is in the trillions of dollars. But here's the hard part. Gulf War veterans themselves and some reporters and some congressmen forced the military and the VA to admit that there's 145,000 Gulf War vets who were exposed to chemical warfare agents that were blown up during the war uh, by U.S. troops inadvertently, uh, didn't do it on purpose, but then those chemical weapons agents in the plume drifted over U.S. troops. Um, Now we also know that about 400,000 of the U.S. Gulf War veterans were exposed to depleted uranium. That's a radioactive toxic poison used as the anti-tank round. There's tons and tons of dust in the Kuwait uh, and Iraq war zone still. Uh, We have experimental pills, experimental shots. We have pesticides sprayed on the soldiers. Well, when you add all that up with the 700 oil well fires, that burned for up to nine months, then we all know that Gulf War veterans were in a toxic soup. Everybody gets that. Well, what most of the public is learning now, Gerald and Stretch, is that there are 250,000 sick Gulf War veterans out of the 700,000 who went to the 1990-91 Desert Shield Desert Storm. And VA is blocking research. VA is blocking treatment. VA is blocking disability benefits. So a very rare thing happened in Congress. This is where everybody needs to stand up and take notice. Did you know that Republicans and Democrats, in one of the few times in the last four or five years, introduced a bipartisan bill forcing VA to resume research so that veterans can get treatment and benefits for being sick due to the toxic exposures in the war. This is just great news for the Gulf War veterans who have been blocked and burdened and, and, and given mountains of red tape by VA. Uh, Congress, both Republicans and Democrats, got the message VA is not serving our Gulf War veterans. You know, this is good news, Paul. This is good news, and let's hope that they uh, they will carry through with this. And and in my opinion, now I'm mine's a little different than most people's, but in my opinion, they already have a finger on what the main issues are, and 
and what they're going to have to do to try to resolve it. Knowing the issue and knowing what these, some of these issues are that the veterans have, and trying to correct that issue is really two different things. You can say, look, I know there's something there. I'm just not able to nail it down. You're dealing with uh, chemical and biological warfare agents plus uranium and uh, uh, everything else that was in that soup. You got a concoction, uh, a mix that I don't know anybody can accurately define what's going on. Anytime you get into the human body and you start messing with the uh, DNAs and genetic codes and all this that happened over there, all that has its effect. For someone to come along and say, well, here's your problem, I don't know if that's going to happen. But if they're at least willing to work with the veterans, give them the best treatment that they can, that's a big start. Well, you know, VA has used the excuse of, well, we don't know which toxin it is. Yeah. Of course, VA is not doing any studies. VA is using the excuse of we don't know what toxin it is to say that we're not going to give care or benefits to the veteran. And you know what? That's not the way it's supposed to be. Look, the Vietnam veterans out there listening know it took 30, 40 years for VA to finally grant health care and disability benefits for the horrible deaths and, and medical conditions, the cancers, the diabetes, the heart problems, everything associated with the with Agent Orange and, and Dioxin. Uh, and Gulf War veterans are in that same fight. You know, the, the brutal irony of all this, uh, Gerald, is that VA learned the wrong lesson from Agent Orange. Instead of speeding up research and speeding up treatments and speeding up benefits, which are the best thing for veterans, VA just learned how to fight harder and longer against veterans. And that's the real tragedy. But, but you know, that's... We can't say it's water under the bridge. We have to know what VA did. But here's what the listeners want to know out there. Here's what veterans need to know. The bill to help out Gulf War veterans is H.R. 4261. It's the Gulf War Health Reform Bill. It's sponsored by uh, a top Republican, Congressman Kaufman, a Republican from Colorado. He is the chair of the Subcommittee on Oversight within the House Veterans Affairs Committee. And now here's the great part. It's co-sponsored by Congresswoman Kirkpatrick, a Democrat of Arizona, and Congressman uh, Mishu, a Democrat from Maine. Now, you've got liberal Democrats, conservative Republicans uh, helping out on this very important bipartisan bill. There's going to be a hearing on it on March 25th uh, in Congress uh, to take testimony um, about why the bill should be passed. Um, so this, this is this is going to be H.R. 4261. Um, you know, veterans interested, you know, they can call up Congress and say, hey, pass that bill now. VA has got to start that research so the veterans get treatments and benefits for being sick due to toxic exposures in the Gulf War. It's absolutely the right thing. You know, look, Democrats and Republicans work together on this bill, and you know what? It doesn't 
spend any more money. The bill just orders VA to do what it's supposed to do. Okay? And that's that's the important news in all this. So everybody wants to say, oh, this is just wasteful spending, you know, by Congress. It's not. It doesn't actually spend any new money. It just tells VA to spend the money that Congress gave it on go for illness on toxic exposures. Because, you see, here's what VA's been trying to do. VA's been trying to say that goal 4 illness is only stress. And all these toxic exposures are absolutely harmless. Okay? So that, that's been the, the, the core problem. There was a whistleblower who testified in front of Congress about a year ago. He was a top VA researcher. He testified in front of Congress. His name is Dr. Steve Coughlin. This doctor testified that VA was intentionally manipulating research to show that Gulf War illness was stress and that Gulf War illness was not toxic exposure, even though VA knew that the reasons why the veterans are sick is toxic exposure. And this this just isn't one doctor saying this. VA did an internal investigation and found that this doctor, Steve Coughlin, who used to be a top researcher at VA, was actually telling the truth. And what made it worse is that VA retaliated against this doctor for stepping forward to tell the truth that VA was blocking research, manipulating data in order to prevent veterans from getting treatments and benefits for Gulf War illness. So this this pending legislation comes out of a huge scandal that happened last year. Does that does that help you bring everything into focus, Gerald? Oh, I'm I'm not a, a bit surprised. Uh, you know, this only proves her case further that the the VA is not operating in a non-adversarial manner. They they seem to to feel that they can go out here. I don't care what bedroom walks in the door. Uh, they have another excuse for you, and chances are they'll have another pill to give you, and uh, hopefully make it all go away. But um, it's not. The yep, yep. illnesses are real. I mean, these absolutely real. And you can't. You you're right. I mean, you know, it's not fiction here. We're dealing with reality. And reality is we have a lot of sick veterans, not only the veterans themselves, but their families. This, this all comes back to the family unit, and the family unit suffers immensely. It, I, I it really does. How, how, how they can manage to, to maintain their sales. they got to be strong families out there, the ones that do make it. I'm sorry... Very sorry to say there's many who don't. However, the VA has got to quit operating in a a uh, an atmosphere that because you was in the Gulf or you was exposed to any issues. I I think they're trying to nail it down. Well, was this peanut butter made you sick, or was this your Coca Cola, or what? They don't know what made them sick. They're just sick. And, and instead of trying to 
to make them pinpoint what actually made them sick. That's crazy. You're dealing with exposure issues. Most exposures, when I think properly analyzed, are very serious. And it don't matter what it is. You're going to be sick. You're right. Well, you know what? The research does show that the pesticides have been shown to be associated with the illnesses. Um, the research shows that pills that were given to soldiers to fight off chemical warfare agents actually made some veterans sick. The research shows that the radioactive depleted uranium causes birth defects and cancers in laboratory studies among uh, animals, not humans. And we also have new studies coming out of the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center at Dallas by the highly regarded Dr. Robert Haley that shows that there are uh, brain problems uh, associated with chemical warfare agent exposures. So um, we got we're, the, the puzzles now coming together. Uh, Gulf War veterans are sick, about 250,000 of them out of the 700,000 that were in Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Yeah, I'm one of them. I've testified in front of Congress many times about legislation to, to help fellow veterans, you know, but VA just seems to fight it every step of the way. But once again, to summarize, that bill is H.R. 4261. You know, and veterans want to call up their congressmen and their senators and say, hey, we've got to get behind this because Gulf War veterans need research, treatments, and benefits for coming home from the war disabled, sick, from the toxic exposures. It's just that simple. I would like to see everyone get behind this bill and support it. It seems a little, but it, at the same time, it's better than than what we have been getting. And uh, like I say, in my opinion, the VA knows uh, why do they have to operate in such a manner? They act as if everybody's in there put a skin on them, and they're not. These are really sick people, folks. Oh, and you're right. It shouldn't be this way. Well, let me change gears just a little bit. Um, President Obama and VA Secretary Shinseki um, both uh, released VA's uh, new budget, um, let me tell you, the budget is $164 billion per year. Wow. Okay. Um, that's up from uh, $153 billion last year and $140 billion uh, the year before that. Um, that. That's a lot of money. Did you know almost $100 billion of that is for disability benefits. And did you know 12 years ago, that number was $30 billion. Yeah. So the, the number of veterans getting disability benefits has gone up uh, at least a million or more, and the amount of money spent has gone up about $60 billion a year more. And the reason for that is there's more veterans surviving more horrific injuries due to the roadside bomb blast, the Agent Orange poisoning, and the Gulf War illness, and, and serious uh, PTSD. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, the VA is, is getting enough money. The question is, will VA leaders put the money in the place where it does the most good for the veterans? And VA still has some challenges on that because, unfortunately, VA's budget doesn't address 
this new record, Gerald, this terrible new record at VA of 273,000 claim appeals that wait an average of four years to get processed. Wow. Okay? That's a huge ballooning scandal, problem, challenge, whatever it is you want to call it, at VA. But you know who's really getting hurt? Are the veterans waiting because the veterans can't get the care that comes with being service-connected, and the veterans don't get the money to pay the rent, to buy the food, and to just live. Look, at Bergman & Moore, we help veterans with their claim appeals. That's what we do. We have clients who are homeless. We help them get into shelters. We help them find food, right, yeah. while they're waiting on their VA claim. No veteran, no veteran should be sitting in a homeless shelter while their claim appeal is waiting four years. That's just wrong. That is wrong, Paul. That is wrong. So now the president should get a lot of credit for increasing VA funding, and we're starting to see VAs doing a much better job on, on the appointments, although they got some issues about wiping out all the appointment requests, a couple thousand of them anyway. But overall, you know, you got to give the president some credit for putting some more money at VA. However, VA still has a long way to go to get fixed. Uh, my opinion, I feel the money's not adequate. Uh, for the damage they've done, and they're, they're going to throw a few bucks on it, I don't believe the funds are adequate. And any time that they think about sponsoring a war, going to war for any reason, it should be taken to extreme consideration the ending cost of such wars. And you just don't take care of that ending cost by shoveling the people off that you de depended on to, to uh, have an out, uh, a successful outcome. You just don't ignore them. You don't shove them back in the doggone corner and, and let them fetch for themselves. It's, it's wrong. It's a, it's a travesty. And uh, although we're glad to get what money they got, it's not enough. Uh, that's right. That's right. Well, let's let's shift gears now. Uh, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you steaming mad here. Oh. Please don't take it out on me, okay? This is <laughs> this is this is not a hot potato. This is a radioactive VA potato. Are oh. you ready for VA now? Yeah. Okay. okay. Let me give you the backstory. In December, Senator Bernie Sanders, the chairman of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, and a Democrat, or well, I guess he's an independent, but he works with the Democrats, and then Senator Burr, the Republican from North Carolina, who's the ranking member, the top Republican on the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, the two of them, at a hearing where VA Undersecretary for Benefits Allison Hickey testified, the senators ordered her to come up with a plan to deal with the 273,000 claim appeals that wait four years at VA. Okay? Yeah. They, the senators gave 
Under Secretary Hickey till the end of January to come up with the plan. So they gave her a month and a half. Sounds reasonable, right? Well, at the end of January, VA didn't have a plan. The end of February, VA didn't have a plan. And just, uh, I guess, in the last week or so, VA came up with a, and I use the word loosely, a plan to deal with the 273,000 claim appeals waiting on average four years. Now, that's the backstory. Do you want to hear what VA wants to do to veterans? Oh, my. Don't make them start over, please. <laughs> okay, please please don't take your violent outrage out on the messenger, okay? Here's what VA wants to do first. Did you know almost Every veteran wins an appeal because the veteran showed VA that VA didn't look at some kind of evidence. Okay? True, true. Okay. What that means is VA denied the veteran's claim, then the veteran went back and um, found some evidence of getting hurt in the service or found some evidence saying a doctor says that their current medical conditions related to getting hurt or something in the military. Um, and that's why the veteran wins. Okay, It's called adding new evidence to the claim, right? Yeah. Guess what VA wants to do? They probably VA... want to restart the claim there adding new evidence. Nope. VA wants to close the claim. It's oh. called closing the record. No new evidence. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. So if you're VA, if you're VA and you want to kill almost every appeal out there, just prevent the veterans from submitting new evidence. Give the veteran just one chance to file the claim, and if the veteran doesn't get it right because, well, DOD lost the records or VA didn't do an exam right, okay, um, tough luck on the veteran. Now that ha- that's just terrible. That's just outrageous. Veterans need to get out the pitchforks and the torches on that one. Sorry? Uh, I mean, the issues with a lot of these claims that have been remanded or, or, or sent back, you know, appealed, this is, this is the monkey on the veteran, the VA's back. Not the veteran. The veteran did everything he possibly can to get it right the first time. Who wants to go around it the second time? And if if they don't recognize it, they misplace your information. Some I mean as went as far as distorting the information. Uh, I'm not saying they're bad people, but I don't think there's a one of them worth worth hanging. Uh, Bless their hearts, there's a place in hell for them. Well, that's VA's first proposal. VA wants to close the record. Okay? Now here's the next proposal. Um, Let me give you some background. When a veteran writes a letter to VA and says, I want to file a claim, I can't work because I'm disabled. Well, that starts what's called an informal claim. Let's say that the veteran, uh, the veteran's letter was received by VA today, uh, March 19, 2014. Okay. Well, what VA usually does is says 
That's the effective date for the claim. Then VA mails the veteran the claim form, and the veteran sends it back in, and if the veteran wins his claim and gets service-connected, gets granted, then VA pays benefits back to March 19. Because, you know, it takes VA up to a year to process a new claim. Okay? So the veteran gets all that back benefit, okay, called retroactive benefits or, or back pay. All right? Well, here's what VA wants to do. VA wants to end all informal claims. This is bad for two really, really bad reasons. First is VA wants to say that the claim won't start until the veteran's completed accurate claim form is received. Well, that might take a couple of months. With the mail back and forth and getting documents and stuff, well, that's not fair. That veteran might lose one, three, five, twelve months of benefits. Well, if that's a hundred percent claim, that veteran just lost forty thousand dollars. That's terrible. Okay, that's the first reason why it's bad. The second reason why it's bad is remember how I said when the veteran's letter that he wrote that he couldn't work because he was disabled. Yeah. Well, a lot of times VA will only adjudicate the disability. Okay, let's say the veteran has PTSD, okay, and then VA rates the claim at 70%. And then VA says that they're done. Well, if a veteran has a good attorney or a good VSO, they can look at the veteran's original letter and see that the veteran said that he wasn't working. Okay? Uh And VA should have adjudicated the veteran's claim for individual unemployability to see if that veteran could have been paid at the 100% rate even though the veteran was only rated at 70%. You following me? Absolutely. So not only is VA killing off the effective date, VA is killing off the informal claim and the implied claim for the individual unemployability. That's just absolutely outrageous, unconscionable, vicious, anti-veteran, and just plain old wrong. Okay? The the informal claim has to stand. For a veteran to start off with a fully developed claim, Paul, is nearly impossible. I mean, there are some out there. I must admit that the people really had their paperwork, had their act together, everything fell into place. But they're very few and far between. A veteran, as a rule, has to build his claim due to the fact he's working with information he don't have. He's got his head, but he's I mean, the VA's sitting there with all the documents. And you, oh, you've you're got right. somehow to get them documents from the VA and get them to own up to it that it pertains to you. And they don't want to do it. Paul, That's I got a quick question for you. Process. Huh? Go ahead. I got a quick question for you, Paul. Now, those changes yeah. that they're, you know, the, those changes that they're actually trying to, the one to implement that, um, both those issues are regulated by the Title 38 because both those issues have their own separate chapter in the regulations. Does that oh, take you're a right. act? Of Congress to change that? I don't think the VA can put a, a Federal Register notice out just to change that, right? 
Well, you know, VA can do whatever they want. Whether or not Congress orders VA to stop is another issue, okay, because there are remedies. If VA's regulation goes way overboard, and I believe it absolutely does, Bergman and Moore sent in comments when VA came up with this idea in October 2013, and we talked about it here once before, okay, VA can just ignore the comments from veterans groups and, and law firms like Bergman and Moore. And then VA can just go ahead and issue a final regulation and then start blocking informal claims and closing the record. Sure, VA can do it. Now, the, then the question is, what happens next? Okay, The veterans groups can go to court, and there's a place called the Federal Circuit uh, here in Washington, D.C., which is where um, anyone goes to block a regulation. Um, or another alternative is to have Congress step in and write a law that nullifies the regulation. Those are the two avenues that can be taken. Because what VA is doing is just absolutely wrong. The veterans of foreign wars have spoken out against it. Other veterans groups have spoken out against it. Um, and now let me tell you about the third thing that VA wants to do to block claims, block appeals, lock the door, prevent new claims and appeals from coming in so that VA can work on existing claims, and then VA can declare victory over the backlog. Okay, There's a reason why VA is doing all this. VA wants to stop the new claims and appeals to work on the big mountain of claims they already got. Because remember, President Obama promised that he would end the backlog by 2015. And it looks like the only way VA is going to be able to do this is to basically stop the new claims and new appeals. So let me tell you about the third really outrageous, horrendous, despicable, wrong thing VA wants to do to our veterans. Well, when a veteran wants to disagree with VA and start the appeal process, a veteran has to send in a letter where the veteran says to VA, Dear VA, I got your decision on my claim, and I disagree with your decision. Under the law and VA regulations, that letter is enough to start the claim appeal process. That letter is called a notice of disagreement. Okay? Now, what VA wants to do is have the veterans put their notice of disagreement on a form. Okay? I have no problems with the veteran putting a claim on a form. I have no problem with the VA requiring that veterans send in a notice of disagreement on a form. That's not what we're challenging here, okay? We all want to, We all understand that to do certain parts of your taxes, you need a certain form. Like, you know, you got a deductions thing. You know, you got to fill out all the pages for deductions. There's certain pages for that, right? You want to declare, you know, all kind of medical expenses. You know, you got to put it on that one section, right? Well, VA wants forms, and one of the forms VA wants is for all veterans who want to start the appeal process, the veteran has to use VA's pre-printed Notice of Disagreement, or NOD. Okay? Well, here's what VA put on the Notice of Disagreement form. The veteran has to list every condition that the veteran disagrees with VA on. Okay, that's fair enough. But the form doesn't have a box that says 
all conditions. Okay? So if the veteran leaves off a condition from the notice of disagreement, that means the veteran's appeal for that condition dies. Okay? VA intentionally made a faulty form. Okay? Here's else, here's else what's wrong with, with uh, VA's new NOD form that VA wants to make mandatory. The VA wants to mandate, require, order that veterans put in the percentage of their disability on the NOD form. Well, how's the veteran supposed to know what percentage they're supposed to have? The veteran's not an expert in VA law and VA regulation. Most veterans don't have a VSO helping them out. So to ask the veteran to put in a percentage is just wrong. Now it gets worse. The VA orders the veteran to put in what effective date the veteran believes the veteran should have. Okay? Well, if a veteran doesn't know about informal claims, implied claims, secondary claims, right? The veteran doesn't know all those things and doesn't know, for example, that if a veteran files a claim within one year of getting out of the military, the claim is actually retroactive to the day after a veteran was discharged. Well, if a veteran doesn't know things like that, the veteran's not going to put in the right effective date. And that veteran could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars by putting in the wrong percentage and putting in the wrong effective date. And to make it even worse, VA, remember, this is just a simple disagreement. The veteran is telling the government that he or she disagrees. There's a blank spot on the form where the veteran is supposed to give a legal argument as to why the VA is wrong. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The veteran, let's just say the veteran has traumatic brain injury, has post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Let's say there's other, some other kind of serious vision problem. The veteran doesn't have a computer. The veteran is elderly, okay? VA wants to make that veteran, without an attorney, give legal reasons on why VA is wrong. Well, that's what VA wants to do, and everybody is screaming Kane and lots of other words I can't swear on a radio show. The (laughs) veterans groups are truly upset and outraged that VA is shifting the burden to the veteran. You know, you talked about fully developed claims, Cheryl. VA wants the veteran to have all the evidence packed up. Here's what else VA wants to do. Close the record so the veteran can't submit any more evidence. Then if VA makes a mistake, or at least if the veteran thinks VA made a mistake, the veteran has to tell VA what percentage, what effective date, and what legal reasoning VA uh, gave uh, for why VA is wrong. Well, veterans not qualified to do that. You're right. That's why there's Bergman and Moore. That's why there's all these veterans groups out there that help veterans with their claims. Are they going to come in and help this veteran fill out this form? Oh, VA most certainly is not going to do that. And that's the whole problem. VA is turning the whole claim process upside down. So let me just summarize this. 
VA wants to close the record, no new evidence. VA wants to mandate that veterans use VA's form to file a claim, and that means no informal claims. And VA wants to force veterans to uh, give legal arguments, percentages, and effective dates to start the, the appeal process. That is an unreasonable, unfair burden on the veteran. Sure, we agree that veterans should be using forms. Sure, that's reasonable. But don't take away the the early effective date. Don't take away veterans' rights to individual unemployability and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, that, that's That's what VA really wants to do. This is just a horrible, horrible tragedy for veterans. This is nothing other than a plan to set a veteran up for self-destruction. Well, you know, unless a veteran really has an attorney collecting records while that veteran was in the military of every shot they got, every fall they had, every bullet they dodged or got hit with, every bomb blast, and, and documenting everything appropriately for their whole career, and then unless that veteran has an attorney helping them with their claim to file a complete claim the first time around, yeah. these veterans are going to get hosed. That's not yeah. a swear word. I can say that on the radio, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I approve that message. <laughs> <laughs> am I, am, am I, am I overstating this, guys? Am I making any oh, no. I, I think you're understating that because I realize the, the infraction that's come on here and uh, the importance of it and what what the uh, outcome, uh, what's going to be this outcome. You know what the outcome's going to be. The veterans are are intentionally given a a situation that they can't uh, they can't meet. I mean it's an impossible uh does the crime fit the punishment or, or a punishment fit the crime or, or what's the poor veteran done but served his country honorably. For them to pull this kind of stuff I'll tell you what, we need to have a march on Washington, go in there and grab them yahoos by the hair of the head, drag them out there in the middle of the street and do some butt kicking. Well, we can't advocate violence on the radio. I don't want to get in trouble here with my bosses. But the the main thing I'm trying to do is I am ringing the fire alarm. I am letting everybody know that this is what's going on. And and I, I want to be clear on this, all right? You know, Gerald, Stretch, you guys, in 2001, right after the um, the, the terrorist planes hit the Pentagon and the, the, the World Trade Centers and, and crashed in, the, in Pennsylvania, uh, I was working at VA at the time. I was VA subject matter expert on Gulf War claims and Gulf War patients. And I made a suggestion within about two weeks that VA begin to monitor all the service members for what was turning into what President Bush called the global war on terror. Well, you know what? The VA officials said, oh, no, we don't need to monitor these this, this group of, of, of service members as a separate group of veterans. Well, I made my appeal in 2002. I made it again in 2003. And it wasn't until the end of 2004 that finally we got some political appointees to agree, and we created these reports that showed 
that uh, lots of Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans were filing claims. And there I was at VA telling VA officials, look, based on the Gulf War and the Vietnam War, we might get 25,000. We might get 100,000 claims. And the VA officials in the room, look, I was just a GS-14. I wasn't anybody important. I wasn't like a top dog. I was just a project manager, all right? But I was VA subject matter expert on this issue. I told them that VA needed to hire more claims processors and VA needed to streamline claim processing with new rules that were simpler so that VA could hire and train people faster. Otherwise, VA was going to be stuck behind a tidal wave of claims. And what did the VA officials say? They said, Paul, well, insert string of words you can't say on a radio show, you're smoking crack. You're crazy. Smoking okay? lunch. Move to Denver. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to Denver. <laughs> um, hey, I'm going to ask you two guys straight up. I know you guys pay attention when Paul gets on a soapbox. How many Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans have filed disability claims against VA since 2004? You guys know? I don't know. 300,000. One million, guys. Oh, man. That's a that's why VA's claim system is choked up. And then when those veterans get denied, what do they do? They appeal. What happens if a veteran's condition gets worse? They die. They die, yeah, they file for increase. Okay, that's what's happening. Okay, all these Vietnam War veterans, did you know Vietnam War veterans are now entering their prime years for filing claims? Yeah, in the 60s and 70s, yeah. Yep, yep, because they're hitting their 60s and they're hitting their 70s, and they're losing their private medical care from their work. Okay, and the only place they got left to go is VA for care. And what happens if they make a little bit too much money? VA says, well, VA won't give you care for free. So what does the veteran have to do? Veteran's got to file a disability claim. And then the veteran waits and waits and waits. So what we have is the Iraq War, the PTSD claims from all wars, the Agent Orange claims from Vietnam, right? Then we just have the population getting older, okay? And then when the economy went bad, there was a lot of veterans who lost their jobs and health care who also came to VA to get help. And all of that happened uh, between 2001 and, and 2009, and VBA is still unable to process claims in an accurate and timely manner. Well, I predicted it all. I, I predicted it all, and they, they told me I was nuts. Paul, what happens when you scare a little lizard inside, you go outside of your house and you see a little lizard sitting on your porch, you walk out, that thing runs and hides, right? That's the VA years ago. They were lizards. Every time you stepped up, they'd run and hide. Now it's turned into Godzilla. They're breathing fire and chasing you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still standing there. I need some ar- uh, armor. I need a sword. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, 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 well, my armor's been chinked up. It's been rusted up. It's been bloodied. But I keep going back in to fight that dragon. I'll tell you what. Look, I used to work at VA. There's a lot of really great people that work at VA. A lot of them are still my friends. Okay, but let me ask you this simple, simple question, guys. If if you had to dig a ditch that was a hundred yards long, right, and you had to do it in a day, I'm just making this up. Well, 
And then the, the, the person giving you the shovel says, well, I'll let you measure what 100 yards is, okay? Mm. Well, you're going to change your tape measure, okay, where 100 inches suddenly becomes 100 yards, right? <laughs> okay? Well, you know, that's what, right? Am I making sense? Well, that's what VA wants to do on claims. Look, I don't think that they're a bunch of malicious, evil people. I actually think Secretary Shinseki's a nice guy. I've met him. You know, I've met under Secretary Hickey. I think she's a nice woman. I think she cares. But I think that VBA has been under the gun, underfunded, poorly led, not enough staff, not enough training for so long. They just hate anybody that dares to criticize them because they just think, oh, we're just buried, 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 and then they're attacking us more and giving us more claims to do. Well, you know... In my opinion, it's all a stereo choreographed dance. That uh, is, are you a fan of Jeff Dunham, Paul? You mean the the senator, Jeff Dunham? No, don't know who he is. The comedian with the puppets. <laughs> all the people in the VA higher office, especially you know, you got a political appointee there. That actually has no power whatsoever. He's just a word. And it's just like Jeff Dunham controls his puppets. Somebody's controlling the puppets, and but who that is, we don't know. So, But still, there's somebody controlling the puppets, and it's not the secretary or it's not the VA. <clears throat> yeah, v- VA is in trouble, especially on the claims, okay? Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, VA's claim system is overwhelmed, and it's still overwhelmed, and instead of fixing it, okay, VA wants to block veterans from filing claims and block veterans from filing appeals. That's just wrong. How many of those appeals are remands, Paul? Well, how many of those appeals um, have gone from the regional office to the board and then back to the regional office? Yeah, they remands like like BVA is 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 in my opinion, is a bottleneck because all they do is remand claims. You hardly ever see a reversal or a decision out of the BVA. The BVA should actually, when they decide something, they should actually go ahead and award a grant right there at the BVA level. I kind of hear you on that. Here's my problem is I'm a data geek, and I'm going to give you a very complicated answer. It's like a river. Y'all been on the Mississippi River? Y'all been on a big old boat on the Mississippi? Uh, yeah. Well, we used to sink them all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. When you're going down a river, okay, you know how sometimes there's like these uh, hidden channels off to the side that kind of back loop around? Yeah. Okay, and you get stuck in an eddy or a whirlpool? Called an eddy, okay. yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, what's happened at, at, uh, at VA is it's so old and it's so complicated, there are some claims that gets stuck going from the regional office to the board, back to the regional office, back to the board, back to the regional office. Now, oh, football game. honestly, that's right, You know, the hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it, churning <laughs> claims. All right. The main thing is that VA's data collection and reporting is unable to determine how many of those there are actually in the system. Okay? Yeah. There's so much what we call noise that it's hard to sort out what exactly is going on, okay? Because at Bergman and Moore, 
We had a nice woman. Her name is Betty McNutt. Absolutely sweetest woman in the world. Her husband died from Agent Orange poisoning, uh, you know, um, and she filed her claim in 1990. Okay? And the court remanded her claim three times because of VA and board errors. And the regional office still refuses to adjudicate the claim. I mean, okay, so how many times is this, you know, nice woman's dependency and indemnity compensation or DIC claim going to be sitting around or be counted? At once, three times, five times, you know? That, so I hate to, like, dance around your answer like the VA, but <laughs> one of the biggest problems is that VA doesn't know what's going on within VA. Okay? Yeah, I can see that. It's a quality assurance issue. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Quality they have control no. and leadership, are, 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 they might as well have vacuums out there. They, they, they're not there. It's empty. Yeah, it, it, it totally is. Well, let me summarize everything up for today. I hate to to be talking about bad news so much, but here's what what veterans need to know. The first is, uh, you know, Gerald and I talked about HR four two six one. That's the new Gulf War health care reform bill. Um, it's bipartisan. It actually has a really good chance of becoming a law. So, you know, veterans may want to get behind that. I'll send you all guys information that you can put out on how it. Uh, the next thing is that the, the president put out a budget of $164 billion. That's great news. It's going to help out a lot more veterans getting care and benefits. That's right. That's good. Okay. However, VA still doesn't have a plan to deal with all those claim appeals. In fact, VA, what they want to do is make veterans use forms to file claims. VA wants to block informal claims. VA wants to close the record. VA wants to uh, make veterans uh, give long legal pleadings instead of just saying that the veteran disagrees with the VA rating decision. So when you add all this up, okay, uh, things are looking a little bit good for veterans in some areas and really, really bad in others. Yes, it don't look good. There's got to be some changes. I don't see the changes required to straighten this out coming. Uh, so that means everybody's going to have to really be on their toes. We have these newer veterans coming along uh, uh, that need a serious help also. Plus our older veterans, we have to support them and and lend them a hand however we can. As ridiculous as as it may seem, and and something that should be coming natural, it should be a natural flow getting through the the uh, appeal system or the uh, claim system, and it's not. The VA has went went way out of the road to make it more more uh, difficult and and putting more burden on the poor veteran the one least likely able to contend with such changes is the one left out here in the middle of the field that's uh, got to figure out how they're going to be able to tolerate it, what are they going to do now, what's next. If we get this straightened out, what 
that they just have nothing but questions. And the only thing we can do, try to do, is give them hope. There's hope there. If you just look for it, hold your head up, march on, say, I'm a veteran and I'm going to get this done. I may not like what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, but i got to do what i got to do. Just get her done and take care of yourself and your family in the process. You know, you, you, are, you are so right, and you know, Veterans shouldn't be having to fight two battles, first on their own claim and then to fix VA. But if there's veterans out there that, that care and want to do something, um, you know, they, they should write Congress, talk to their local newspaper, talk to other veterans and say, look, VA should be hiring more staff and training more staff to process the claims they got. VA shouldn't be coming up with crafty little slick little regulations to block veterans from getting their benefits from when they come back from the war when they're hurt, injured, ill, and disabled. A veteran should not have to fight more red tape after he or she gets home from the war, period. Period. That's correct. You're true. That's so true. And they have the records, Paul. That's what gets me. They have the pertinent information that a veteran's required to produce on his claim, and they won't freely uh, make it available. Uh, you have to request every damn sheet of paper you get from them. They want to know what number, what page number, what date, who signed it, and uh, what time in the morning you picked your nose. So, uh, I deny it. I didn't pick my nose this morning. <laughs> but, but anyway, are you going to deny my claim because I picked my nose? Well, you, you picked your no- If I thought you picked your nose, I'd deny it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, in your advocacy for that new, the I guess the the, the new uh, uh, bill, I guess on the Gulf War stuff. I mean, that's going to be a good issue. I hope it does get passed. Uh, it's going to take a lot of help, though, and to push these guys because this is uh, we're going on April first here pretty soon, right? Yep. Well, the VA is so good at delaying people that they can delay Congress too because they love how to do that, you know. And starting in January, I guess a new Congress takes over because it, I guess it dies every other year, two years. Yep. So if that bill's going to die if they don't get it done, and the VA is going to try to delay it as long as possible so it can die. Well, there's a hearing on it next week. So it's done been the bill, H.R. 4261, the Gulf War Health Care Reform Bill, has been introduced. There's going to be a hearing on it, and then after the hearing, they're going to set up a vote on it uh, for the committee. Those are all really good signs. And I want to emphasize something that's very unusual. You know, I've been in Washington on and off for, for a long time, too long. I can tell you this is the most toxic, poisonous Congress ever in my life. And then, you know, all the <laughs> snow here didn't make it any better. Um, the fact that you have the the big Republicans and the big Democrats on the Veterans Affairs Committee jointly pushing this bill gives it a really high chance of passing. Now the veterans got to make it work. Well, that's going to be a still going to be a long shot to get her done, but it should be done. I mean, it's uh, all right. I'll send y'all some information that y'all can post. Okay, yep. thanks a lot, Paul, for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you. 
and hopefully we'll get you back on here real soon. You just keep your pulse, hand on that pulse. Um, yeah, we'll get you, uh, I will. I will. We'll get you back. Always very glad to do this. You know, all we do are claim appeals. So if there's any veterans out there that got claim appeals, especially on that individual unemployability that we talk about or PTSD, you know, give us a call here. We got some great people that help veterans out with their claims. Very good. We need that. Good deal. So, Paul, we really, really don't worry. You, the work you do is not going unrecognized. It is. And uh, I know the HADAP members all have a soft spot in their hearts for you, and, and we keep this thing moving forward best we can. We just keep the pie to going, uh, and and let's hope we get her somehow down the road, things will get turned around, and if we stay after it, maybe we'll make it. I'm I'm with you. Thank you, Stretch. Thank you, Gerald. Who else is there, Jay? John. Yep. John. All right. Yep, well, John. thanks, guys. Thank you, guy. And we'll get you on back in a couple of weeks. You can give us an update on this hearing. <laughs> hey, once a month. Hey, or right. right. guys, call me whenever you want me on. Okay. No problem. Or this HR forty two sixty one. Everybody, please contact their legislators and ask for co sponsors and and the support on this bill. It could be a lot better, but it's something we can work with. It's a start. Let's let's uh, let's try to get her taken care of here. So does that wrap us up, guys? That's it. That must wrap us up. I'm waiting for the lady in the cane to come from the side and swoop Boy, us out. She comes out there with a wallet, don't she? <laughs> You've been listening to the Hattit.com Blog Talk Radio Show. Sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bastard Show. And with that, this will be Gerald Cook with this uh, Hadit Podcast Radio Broadcast. We'll be signing off for now. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Paul. Thanks a lot. Great show.